Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we continue to talk about the team getting the victory over the Patriots and improving their overall record to 3-3. Three and three. You'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels and a whole lot more on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 17th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. Whether it's three minutes or 33 minutes, we definitely appreciate the time that you give us on the daily. We want to shout out my man Ari, who does a fantastic job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube on the daily so you check him out on twitter at re produces you can always hit me up on twitter as well at your boy q254 and we have the locked on raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693 as a matter of fact those calls and texts will come up in segment number three of today's show we didn't have them on a monday show we had a lot of locker room sound in segment number two and three so in segment number three we'll get back to calls and texts got a lot of feedback from raider nation want to make sure that you get your voice heard on the show in segment number two i will continue with some more locker room sound again had an opportunity to catch up with a bunch of players in the locker room and it's always good to hear what they have to say following a victory or a loss whatever the case may be so you'll hear from uh, some some locker room sound coming up in segment number two of today's show here in segment number one news and notes of the day you'll hear from head coach josh mcdaniels and a, a little bit of additions to the practice squad so we'll give you all that here in segment number one before we get into any of it though i do want to let you know today's show is brought to you by game time Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, low price, guaranteed. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And uh, we met with head coach Josh McDaniels on Monday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center about 10.30 in the morning. Of course, everyone wanted to know about Jimmy G. Well, he didn't even wait for Vinny to ask the question, me to ask the question, Hondo to ask the question, Tashawn, Vic, whoever the case may be. Usually it's Vinny that leads everything off, but uh, he just walked right in and gave an update off top. So here's head coach Josh McDaniels with the update on the health of Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, update uh, before we get going on Jimmy. You know, there was some concern yesterday that we would, um, you know, there was an internal um, issue. Um, So we did a bunch of scans yesterday, last night. Um, Seems like we've dodged a big bullet uh, in that regard. So that's good news. Um, We're still doing a couple things this morning. um, And we'll, you know, kind of make sure we do all the right things here as we go forward. But um, the prognosis is a lot better than it might have otherwise been. Um, Don't know yet for this week, relatively speaking. Um, So there's a lot still to, I'd say, uncover in that regard. But um, good news relative to what it might have been. So just from that update right there, two things I took away from that. One, they thought that it was a really bad injury for Jimmy G. Something internal, as he said, his words, not mine, sound like something to me, and I don't want to speculate too far, but it sounded like something that you know, he was going to miss a large amount of time, if not the rest of the season, what they thought in their mind. And it sounds like, as he said, uh, they dodged a, a pretty big bullet right there. So I'm not too sure what that means for the availability this week, but if you kind of read between the lines, it doesn't sound like he's going to be available this week. So it's either going to be Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell if, in fact, he does get ruled out. And I'm sure he'll either get ruled out by Wednesday or he'll get ruled out by Friday. But uh, whatever the case may be, I would be shocked to see Jimmy G out there on Sunday versus the Bears. 
But again, that's just me. And until they actually rule him out officially, you know, nothing, nothing is set in stone. But just kind of listening to what Coach McDaniels had to say, didn't really sound like he was real high and thought that there was a real good chance that Jimmy was going to be available to play on Sunday. So then you got to go back to what we went back to before, right? Week three, Raiders and the Chargers. Do you start Brian Hoyer? Do you start Aiden O'Connell? Again, I'm going to say this. I would roll with Brian Hoyer, especially if it's only a one-week type of situation. Now, if it's multiple weeks, maybe you go with Aiden O'Connell. Same thing I said week three, right? And this is the other caveat, though. There's something that Coach McDaniel said to us a couple weeks ago when he said he was putting this decision together when Aiden O'Connell started for the Chargers or the Chargers game. He said that they gave him a whole week of, of reps in practice, and so they felt comfortable putting him out there. So if they do that again this week, then I wouldn't be shocked to see Aiden O'Connell out there. But I would say off the production that I saw from Brian Hoyer on Sunday in the second half of the game, not sinking the ship and uh, you know stretching the field just a little bit, I would say that it would be okay for Brian Hoyer, the veteran, to go up against the Chicago Bears, especially on the road in Chicago, and especially with the fact that Justin Fields is doubtful for the, sen- the game on Sunday. Uh, the head coach of the Bears, Matt LaFleur, said that he's got the dislocated thumb and it's about gripping the ball, and so he's already been ruled doubtful for Sunday, and that was on Monday, right? So the Raiders are going to be facing most likely either Tyson Badgett, who's a second-string quarterback, or old friend Nathan Peterman, who's a third-string quarterback. So it'd be Tyson Badgett is the, is the backup quarterback. Most likely he's going to get the start. And again, in that case, I think it makes more sense for Brian Hoyer to get the start and really give the Raiders a, a really good opportunity to, to win the game and improve to 4-3. and three. And if you know Brian Hoyer goes out there and it doesn't look very good early on, there's nothing wrong with going to, the, to, to the, uh, Aiden O'Connell you know, after that. And maybe it's vice versa. Maybe he says, you know what, let's go ahead and start the rookie and see what he's got. And if he doesn't have it, then we'll go to we'll go to Brian Hoyer because he can jump in there uh, in a in, you know in a in a pinch or or just jump in off the bench because he's used to that. But again, I think that right now for one week, uh, Brian Hoyer gives the Raiders the best chance. Now, if you're going to run Aiden O'Connell for three, four, five weeks in a row, then go for it, right? But again, I, I do think, especially sitting there at three and three, that. You know, you're, you're not really giving your team the best chance to win, even though I know Aiden O'Connell has some talent. So at some point this season, we'll definitely see him for some kind of a stretch. Who knows when it's going to be, sooner rather than later. But seems like there's going to be some kind of decision on the backup quarterback coming up this week. Just got a couple more sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels, and uh, you'll hear the question that I asked about the defensive tackles getting home on Sunday. Uh, I thought that that was a very encouraging sign. Uh, you saw Butler, you saw Bilal Nichols, you saw Jenkins, all uh, all contribute to sacks and pressure on uh, Mac Jones on Sunday, and I think that that's helping. You know what Max Crosby is going to bring to the table, but you need to get some interior pressure. So here's my question and Coach McDaniels' answer about the defensive tackles getting home on Sunday. How encouraging was it that there was also pressure from the defensive tackles, the interior guy? a lot of push yesterday yeah and there was some they did some they did a a, a good job of creating some games and picks for each other um you know jerry and uh, adam and balau uh they, they jank you know they all showed up to some degree in there um that's super helpful you know because the guys on the edge get so much attention and so much um you know, just there's there's bodies here and there trying to put extra protection, and so it gives them opportunities inside. And you know, and also whenever there's something in the face of the quarterback, that always makes everybody's life a little easier. So um, I thought they were aggressive for four quarters. Um, we didn't expose ourselves and let the quarterback just step up and have nobody there in front of him. So he was throwing seven on seven a lot. Uh, those guys have been more and more disciplined as the season has gone on. 
and uh, you know they were they obviously were some there was some disruption yesterday uh, with within that group. Thought that was a big deal. I really did. I thought that was huge that the defensive tackles were able to you know provide some some extra push. And if they can continue to do that and continue to improve, and this Raiders defense continues to improve, I continue to give them love. And some people want to push back on that, and that's okay. Uh, I know they have a long way to go, but right now they're the reason why the Raiders are sitting there at three and three. They've given the Raiders opportunities, multiple opportunities to win games. And a few times the Raiders have been able to cash in and come through, and other times they still failed. But uh, if it wasn't for the defense, they definitely wouldn't be sitting where they are at 3-3. Three and three. The final soundbite for today from head coach Josh McDaniels is on play calling. And I believe Hondo Carpenter asked this question uh, in the presser on Monday, uh, kind of how he changes his philosophy on play calling uh, at the end, or he did change his play calling at the end on that final drive when they were trying to salt out the game and – uh, they had about four minutes left. It was that four-minute drive, and it was uh, three and out, a quick three and out. Uh, the plays just looked discombobulated, disjointed, just didn't look right. So Hondo asked him about the play calling at the end and him having confidence in the defense. And Coach McDaniels thought he was kind of trying to trip him up a little bit uh, and really just kind of question uh, the philosophy in the play calling on that four-minute drive. Here's a pretty lengthy answer from Coach McDaniels on that. We had the ball on the four-minute offense there, and you know we threw the ball – uh, a few times in that situation because we felt like they would load the box and they were going to try to go ahead and make it tough. And those those plays are always, um, you know, hit and miss at times because you're in the four-minute offense and you want to try to keep the clock running. But you know if you throw an incomplete pass, you know, there's a situation where you're actually helping them uh, if they end up with the ball back. But at the same time, you're trying to win the game, you know. So um, I think for me, just try to, based on the situation, based on the circumstances, based on the opponent, based on how the game is going, based on how we feel in all three phases, that's really when I'd say the head coach part of me really has to be in sync with the play caller on offense. And you have to understand the way that <clears> – <throat> You know, we're punting the ball, the way that we're playing defense, also the way we're protecting what we're seeing on offense, you know, that might give us an opportunity there in the passing game. Um, and there's a balancing act. You know, we threw it a lot in the four-minute drive in Denver, you know, to try to win the game there, you know, and uh, and we ultimately did, you know. And yesterday it didn't necessarily go our way in terms of being able to capitalize on that. Um, but, you know, I think – You'd like to be aggressive and win it when you have the ball in your hand as much as possible. And if that doesn't work out, then you keep playing, you know. And I have a lot of confidence in our kicking game. Obviously, our punter, our punt coverage, and our defense has has definitely shown the ability to do that too. So there you go. He's uh, explaining right there his uh, philosophy and what he was thinking, throwing the ball uh, quite a bit, trying to, you know, trying to win the game, trying to run that four-minute offense, and it wasn't just run, run, run. And, look, it's hard to run when the offensive line is not opening up holes. I mean, Josh Jacobs, I have no problem with him running the ball 25 times. He only got 77 yards. It only is 3.1 yards uh, per carry average. Uh, he did have one run, about 18 yards. It looks like he's getting close. It looks like he's getting close to breaking one, and he's just not able to do it. Uh, the one thing is this offense is not built to just throw the ball around the yard all the time. They've got to have some kind of resemblance of a run game, and that's why I keep saying that at some point, they've got to get this run game established if they want to have a real offense and really be able to compete with some of the better offenses in the league. That's how this offense is built. Uh, I have a couple more little nuggets here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. How about the practice squad? Little roster moves that they made. Uh, They signed wide receiver DJ Turner. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, DJ Turner. And cornerback Sam Webb. 
both back to the practice squad. So welcome back for both of those guys, wide receiver DJ Turner and cornerback Sam Webb back on the Raiders practice squad. And they placed tackle Sebastian Gutierrez and tight end Noah T on the practice squad injured list. So two guys uh, on the injured list. And so they'll get a settlement and, and move on. And they brought back wide receiver DJ Turner, uh, you know, Turner, the burner, the, the short guy, uh, you know, he's got some speed, made the 53 man roster a season ago. Uh, didn't do a whole lot. Didn't do a whole lot in training camp, but he's back on the practice squad. And then cornerback Sam Webb, who also made the team as an undrafted free agent last year, uh, didn't make the 53-man roster this year and then got picked up. Well, he's back to the practice squad as well. And then following uh, Monday Night Football, the Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. to So now the official standings in the AFC West, the Chiefs are 5-1. and Their next opponent, the Chargers. The Raiders, 3-3. Three and three. Their next opponent, the Bears. The Chargers, 2-3, and three, as mentioned, their next opponent, the Chiefs. And the Broncos are 1-5. Their next opponent are the Packers. So just looking at the tea leaves, I'm feeling like the Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers and improve to 6-1. and one, And then all of a sudden, the Chargers are sitting there looking at 2-4. and four. I think the Raiders have a really good chance this week to beat the Bears and improve to 4-3. and three. Uh, Again, with the Chargers dropping to 2-4 and four, and the Broncos and the Packers, who knows who will win that game, right? I think that the Packers will win it. Uh, I would love to see the Packers win it and make the Broncos 1-6. But again, right now, after the Monday night football loss the Chargers had to the Cowboys, the Raiders are sitting there in second place. And I know that you could say and poo-poo on that and say, yeah, but look who they played. I don't care, right? They're going to play tougher teams down the red stretch. Uh, they got the Bears this week, and then they got the Lions. That's going to be a tough game. You know, they got the Jets on the schedule. They've got tough teams on the schedule. They got Miami on the schedule. They got the Chiefs multiple times. They got the Chargers again. I get it. But you stack wins against the teams you're supposed to stack wins against, and you hope for the best when you go up against teams that you feel like are better teams, you know, like the Detroit Lions and, and, and like the Dolphins and other teams and see what you can do, right? But, again, I'm not mad, and I'll never apologize and never get mad at the Raiders getting a victory. I don't care who they're getting victories against, and I'll never be mad at them being sitting in second place by themselves in the AFC West, only behind the Kansas City Chiefs that aren't actually playing that great. They're 5-1. and one. Don't want to shake a stick at that because that's I'd love to see the Raiders at five and one, but they're not actually playing Kansas City football that we're used to seeing. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear some locker room sound. Got a lot of players I was able to catch up with in the locker room on Sunday following the game. You'll hear from a couple more of those guys in segment number two after I tell you about a couple sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And the first one is Better Help, and I like to talk about Better Help and think that better help is very important because sometimes life will hit you fast. Sometimes life will hit you with some decisions that you have no idea where they even came from, right? And sometimes they don't have to be super serious. Sometimes it could be something about like a career or maybe moving locations, uh, you know, maybe maybe even a decision to buy a car and it stresses you out, right? I mean, there's just, there's all kind of levels to this where uh, your mind could be racing, your mind, you know, just needs to be put at ease. And, you know, sometimes you just need to talk things out. And sometimes you look around, and you're like, wait, hold on. I don't really have anyone to uh, to talk about it. So that's where BetterHelp comes in and definitely want to show them some love and let it be known that this episode of the Lockdown Raiders podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. But again, you just got to check out BetterHelp. If you've ever thought about therapy, then you should definitely check out BetterHelp, right? Give them a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, a switch therapist anytime 
for no additional charge. And again, the, the subject that you might have to talk about could be something super large, something life-changing, or it could be something that's not quite as you know big on the, on, on the priority list, but it's still something that is resonating with you and might be super important to you if you understand what I'm saying. Right now, you need to make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. BetterHelp.com slash locked on. I also want to tell you about DoorDash. So the wife is out of town, and before she left, she asked the all-important words, are you going to be okay? Is there going to be food? Uh, you're going to have food. Are you going to go get it? Are you going? And I'm like, what are you worried about? I'm grown. Of course I'm going to have food. What is there to worry about? I'm good. Well, Raider Nation, Monday night came. I was watching football. I was doing my radio show on ESPN, and I realized, dang, there's no food in the house. What am I going to do now? So DoorDash was a must. DoorDash was what I had to do. And right now, as a matter of fact, if you use DoorDash, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to chain terms apply. So, of course, I ordered a pizza with DoorDash, right? And I was still doing my radio show, but knew when the, the pizza arrived at the house. And the pizza was uh, more than $15, so I was able to get any kind of discount, any kind of, uh, you know, a little promo code, I was able to use that and, and that was effective for me. But you go to pizza, wings, burgers, you know, you can do whatever you want with DoorDash and it's all delivered without missing any of your action. Maybe you're working, maybe you're watching the game, whatever the case may be. Or you could be prepared before game day. Maybe you have some buddies coming over to the house and you don't want to go make the run to the store or make a run to the pizza spot or the wing spot or whatever the case may be. You get prepared ahead of time with DoorDash. Again, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code locked on or lock 23, excuse me, subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code lock 23. Don't forget, use the locked 23. That's the promo code for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to take you back inside the Raiders locker room. Got a chance to catch up with a lot of players in the locker room following uh, the game on Sunday. The Raiders get the victory over the Patriots and improve their overall record to 3-3. Three and three. So one guy that we always love to get to talk with is Josh Jacobs. He's usually always willing to talk. Matter of fact, he is always willing to talk. And for the most part, all the players are. You know, the, the, the big captains, you know, the Max Crosby's, the Devontae Adams, the Josh Jacobs, you know, guys like that. Amik Robertson, you know, Nate Hobbs is normally uh, available when he's playing. And, you know, there's, there's certain guys that you can always go to and know that they'll give you a few minutes. But uh, here's the conversation when we had a chance to catch up with Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room on Sunday following the game. Obviously, you got a two-game winning streak, first winning streak of the year. What are you trying to build off this? Man, I mean, obviously, you know, it's always it's always good to win in this league. Uh, just trying to stack the days, you know. Gritty win this week, gritty win last week. A win is a win, though. I love it. You're the D-line really stepping up, putting a lot of pressure on Mac, especially last game finishing off with a safety. What does it mean to have a D-line like that? Yeah, man, I mean, I think the defense in general, man, I mean, you look at them these last two weeks, I feel like they're starting to have an identity, man. They've been carrying a, carrying us a little bit, man, and uh, hopefully the offense, you know, catch up to where they at right now. Sure, sure. And lastly, hitting that 5,000 career rushing yard mark. How yeah. does that feel getting that? Yeah, man, I didn't even know about it until I get, like, 
five minutes before the game, man, told me what I needed. Uh, I think it's cool, man. Uh, obviously, you know, we're going to see how it go, but I think it's a good stat to have, so. You feel like the run game's starting to get going in these last two games? Oh uh, Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely been a little bit more movement. I feel like a lot of them had, was very close to being big, real, real big, um, so. I told him, man, if, if we can continue to do that, you know, we're going we gonna to hit something here and there, and um, hopefully we can keep stacking. Jimmy oh. went out of the game. Brian Hoyer comes in. What was the team mentality and approach from the time he left to the time Hoyer came in? Uh, I mean, it was the same. It was the same vibe in the huddle, same same intensity. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we trusted these guys. We practice with them every day. Uh, we know what he's capable of. Um, you know, to hear the fans booing is it's kind of crazy. Uh, but he came out there and bombed them and shut them up. So, I mean... This is what it is. What do you think of his performance overall? I think he played good, man. I think he's, you know, obviously a veteran quarterback. Uh, you know, he knows the system a lot. Uh, and uh, he, he came in, man, and he played pretty poised to me. I know you guys are used to seeing injuries, but how difficult is it to watch Jimmy kind of be hurt in that way? Yeah, man, I mean, it's sad when you ever, whenever you see, uh, you know, especially a leader um, in the locker room, man, be uh, hurt or, or go through injuries. Um, but it's also part of the game, man. I mean, we praying for him. We hope that he can, you know, get back as, as soon as he can. But we hope that the next guy is, is, is ready to step up, too. Remember how, you know, two weeks ago, it was like there was a lot of frustration, a lot of you know, disappointment. Obviously, right through so now, you're 3-3. Three and three, always like, you're way back everything. Like, how, how's this the mood of the vibe right now? I mean, it's definitely good. Uh, you know, it's, it's still a little chippy, you know, because we still feel like there's a lot more that we need to do. Uh, we, we feel like we, we should have won a little more convincingly. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's hard to get wins in this league. We'll take them however we can get. Third down so. conversions have been tough for you guys the last couple of weeks, 8 for 16 today. Based off of what you saw in the field, uh, where were you guys able to execute and improve upon that number? Uh, just, uh, you know, being in, uh, taking ourselves out of third and long situations, you know, that always makes it a lot easier um, when it's, you know, third and four, third and three, or whatever like that to be able to convert. Uh, so just staying on track and, uh, you know, trying to try to make it a, the yards that we need uh, as less as, uh, as possible. Brian's able to that how does that open things up for you personally? Yeah, man, I, I, you know, I, I love it just because, you know, defense is going to have to respect it um, just in general, you know. So hopefully we get a few more put on film and then you, we'll see how they start to play this. So. What's been your impression of Michael Mayer this season and also the person today? Yeah. I mean, I love, the, I love the kid, man. I mean, you know, he come in, he, he, he's not a, a rah-rah guy. He, he's, he's very quiet, but he always come in and he work. And you never see him frustrated. Like, he's always one of the guys that's very positive. Um, so he, to see him go out there and, and actually play good and get to reap that, I think that that's uh, a blessing to him. And I, I hope he, he, you know, continue to keep stacking him. Got some moves after the catch, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there's Josh Jacobs right there. I love the little note and little nugget that he said about uh, Brian Hoyer. You know, everyone was booing him. It kind of made him mad. And then when he hit him with the 48-yard bomb, it really shut everybody up quick, fast, and hurry. And it did. You know, sitting in the press box and hearing everyone boo when Brian Hoyer came in, I was thinking, oh, man, that's kind of that kind of stinks, right, for the quarterback to go in and get booed by his own fans. And I get it. Raider Nation wants to see Aiden O'Connell. But, look, Brian Hoyer was out there. He was representing Raider Nation. He was out there representing the Raiders. And you want him to be able to survive. You want them to be able to win the game. And so thought it, I thought it sucked, too, that, that he got booed. But uh, the boo sure went away fast when he hit that 48-yard pass to Trey Tucker. So I thought that that was a really positive uh, thing right there for him, positive moment. But that was Josh Jacobs, again, a guy that I feel like is, you know, getting his legs under him. You see him running hard. He's participating in the pass game. He's giving everything he's got, but the offensive line is really not opening up too many holes for him. So uh, I don't think the struggles in the run game comes from him. I think they're more with the guys up front. But as I mentioned before, another guy that's a go-to in the Raiders locker room is Amik Robertson. 
Uh, he's really, really a good dude and a, a guy that has been working his tail off. And many people have doubted him. I've doubted him. Others have doubted him. And he keeps on fighting. He keeps on making plays. Uh, last week, he had an interception to seal the deal against the Packers in the end zone. This week, he gets a holding penalty. And then the very next play, he comes back and gets a sack on the quarterback. Uh, so it just shows that resiliency that he has. I think that that goes a long way. And again, a guy that is always counted out but continues to rise to the occasion. So here's the conversation that I had, a little one-on-one action with Amik Robertson in the locker room on Sunday. Stacking wins, stacking wins, stacking wins, and the defense is creating turnovers. What are you seeing out there? Uh, guys trying to run the ball, you know, doing what we do, you know, at, at, a, at a practice, you know. So practice how you play. You know, we at practice always run the ball, and, you know, we did the same thing tonight in the uh, game. Does it feel like everything is starting to come together, like you said, what you're practicing, and, and now you're starting to see the, the benefits of it and the rewards? Yeah, uh, you know, Patrick Graham does a – Patrick Graham and the coaching staff does an amazing job of, you know, uh, giving us the routine to always be around the ball. And, you know, we've came came out with turnovers, you know, three games in a row. So we're yeah. just trying to stack those turnovers. You had an interception last week. You have a sack today. What is that like? Uh, you know, just doing my job, man. Just being a football player. I know I am. You know, yeah. whenever my number's called, just just be ready and, you know, continue making plays to help our team win. How good did it feel for the defense to finish it off again, second week in a row, this time Max in the end zone? Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> you know, I mean, Max is Max. You know, he make plays every week. He does the same thing in practice, like I said before. Uh, you know, but getting this win and him be able to seal it, you know, that's something, you know, we kind of expected. You know, the D-line calls had it the whole night. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to focus. I mean, we got 24-hour rule, man, yeah. you know, celebrate this win and back to the drum board. No doubt you take it one week at a time, but yeah. now you guys are 3-3. Three and three. How does yeah. that feel and, and what does that mean? Just giving us confidence, man, to go into the next next game. You know, we got the same same procedure, same job next next game, you know, and, you know, we're going to come out even even better, come with some more energy, you know, it's a short, short week, you know, so we just got to attack it like we tackled to all night. How much did Raider Nation help you with as loud as they were, a couple false starts there by New England? Raider Nation is always, you know, loud, you know, they always come with energy each and every, <laughs> each and every night, you know, every, every game, we just trying to match, match the energy yeah. as a, as a team, you know, we appreciate our fan base, we have one of the best fan bases in the old world, you know, so we, we know they're going to come out with energy, you know, every other night. Appreciate you. Thanks, my man. There is right there, Amik Robertson, uh, always even keeled. He's a good dude to talk to. He'll always, uh, you know, give you a few minutes of time, and I definitely appreciate him. And, again, he's a guy that you can't help but to root for. And even when I've doubted him, I still root for him. I just have doubted him because I see that feel like there's a lot of talent on the team. And sometimes a guy like him, somebody that's undersized and may not have, you know, all the production all the time or be out there all the time can get overlooked. So uh, the good thing is that the the coaching staff has not overlooked him. They haven't doubted him. They still uh, have him on the roster. He's the only guy from the 2020 uh, draft that the Raiders uh, selected that is still on the team. And he continues to go out there and battle. And, you know, he even got the start on Sunday over Jacorian Bennett when Jacorian Bennett was out there and, and healthy enough to play. And to be honest, I wouldn't have a problem with Amik Robertson being out there more often, right? I mean, it looks like Jacorian is kind of slow to learn the NFL game. So I really wouldn't have any problem if they continue to try to meet Robertson out there and, you know, maybe even split some time like he did on Sunday with Jacorian Bennett. But it seems like whenever he's there, whatever position they ask him to play, he finds a way to make a play. So you got to be able to appreciate that. What's on your mind? Locked on Raider Podcast voicemail line is 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three after I tell you about game time. And, you know, if you ever decide that you want to buy tickets to something, anything, games, shows, um, concerts, whatever the case may be, comedy shows, and they may be the last minute, well, you don't want to have to worry about it. You need game time. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all kind of events that are near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork 
out of buying tickets. Matter of fact, what do I mean by view from your seat? You literally get to see your seat. So if you buy tickets in Allegiant Stadium for the next home game and you say, okay, I want to be in section here, 344, uh, here's my seat seven and eight, what does it look like? You'll actually see the view from seat seven and eight in section three or four or three forty four, and say, "Oh, okay, I got you." Right. So no matter where you you get your tickets, you'll always be able to check out your seats. I think that that's really cool. They have all in prices, show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. It's super simple. Again, you take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, a redeem code Locked On NFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. It's segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. You're off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Mike in San Jose. He's calling to talk about Michael Mayer and what he thought of his locker room conversation we had following the game on Sunday. Here's Mike in San Jose. Hey, what's up, Q? This is, this is Mike calling out of San Jose. And um, one thing I wanted to talk about was the interview you did with uh, tight end... Um, the uh, mayor, that is mean. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank on it. But the the rookie tight end. Um, and one of the things you said was he sounded confident. He sounds more confident. You can hear his voice. And yeah, I gotta I gotta agree with you on that. He definitely sounds confident, and he should. He's he's playing good ball for us, making some some big plays. Um, but one thing that I liked about his interview is it sounded genuine. It sounds like you're talking to another, you know, one of your homies, one of your friends, uh, just a regular human being. A lot of times, I would say 95, 90 to 95% of the times that you hear these interviews with players, you get those really uh, generic, coach-friendly answers. Um, his was his was way more in-depth, like, um, as an example, when, when, when he was asked about uh, the defense, if he noticed anything about the defense, um, doing anything to try to, to get the ball out of his hands, he was straight up. He said, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention to that. You know, we got to pay attention to who's coming in, who's coming out, this and that. Um, so he's, he's giving legit answers. He's not just, you know, he's not just giving his, uh, his generic coach friendly answers. Anyways, that's all I got, Q. Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And yeah, I agree. He sounds very genuine, sounds very, as a matter of fact, truthful, confident. You know, and I think all those are traits uh, that come with confidence, right? He sounds totally different than even Tyree Wilson, who was the number seven overall pick, who I think is, you know, feeling a little bit of pressure from being that number seven overall pick, that first round guy that's expected to be, you know, the savior to the defense, the next coming of, you know, he's supposed to be the guy that's replacing Chandler Jones. So I think he knows that there's a lot of pressure on him. It seems like he's still thinking a little bit. And, you know, where a guy like like uh, Michael Mayer seems like he's really comfortable in his role now and is understanding his role a little bit more, and he's healthy, right? Tyree Wilson is still coming back from the injuries. But you can kind of tell the difference when you hear from Tyree and when you hear from Michael Mayer. Tyree, honestly, doesn't even really want to talk to us in the locker room, right? I caught up with him. What was it, Saturday? No, it was Friday. Friday, I had a chance to get into the locker room, and uh, you know, and he was in there, and he walked in out of practice and said, I thought those guys weren't supposed to be in here today. Oh, I don't want to talk to them. And I was like, man, we came to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. 
I'm good. And he's he's cool. I mean, he didn't say it disrespectfully, but he just just doesn't want to talk, you know. And again, I think that goes back to a lot of the pressure that he's under being to be the guy that he was drafted to be. But Michael Mayer sounds like he's fitting in there uh, nice and easy, right? Jaquarian Bennett, he sounds pretty comfortable when we talk to him as well. He just needs to continue to work on his craft. But Mike, thanks so much uh, for the call. I do appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we continue to see Michael Mayer get more and more involved in the offense as well because he, he could be a big-time difference maker, especially in the red zone where we know the Raiders struggled the most. Uh, up next, I got a text from Eric in Arizona. He says, hey, Q, Eric rocking the Raider from uh, the Phoenix here. It was great to meet you at the game yesterday, and what a game. A few thoughts afterwards. Can we please give Raider Nation ticket holders and a fans a game ball for showing up and making it a home game for us yesterday? We were all loud, and it made a difference. Also, we talked about it. If you, we have no plans on using Hunter, can we just trade him for a defensive end or defensive line help? If so, who do you think we might be able to trade for? Love the show, Q. Keep doing what you do. Eric, the Rockin' Raider, out. Go Raiders. That's Eric. Got a chance to meet Eric at uh, Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. One of the many members of Raider Nation I got to meet on Sunday. And again, as I said on Monday's show, I do not take that for granted. I love uh, every second of it. And great opportunity to meet and greet with people that get to listen to the show on the daily. And uh, I don't take that for granted. So thank you so much. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, I, I agree 100%. That's what we talked about at Allegiant Stadium. If you're not going to use Hunter, clearly they're not then they might as well just go ahead and, and flip them for some defensive help if possible. I'm looking at Daniil Hunter. I would love to see Daniil Hunter from, from the Minnesota Vikings be uh, traded to the Raiders. I'd love to see Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers traded to, uh, to the Raiders. Um, there's a couple other guys that are out there that could possibly be had, but I just think that you need to go and get as much defensive help as possible. So if you can get a defensive lineman that you really – think is going to be able to give you some production, some really good production. I think Brian Burns would be great, but it's going to take, you know, Hunter, probably a little bit more than Hunter, and obviously a contract extension. But, I mean, you have him, Max Crosby, and you have uh, also Tyree Wilson that you're hoping, you know, is able to develop. I think you're cooking with grease on that defensive line, and they're already playing better, but that would really – really set things off. And Daniil Hunter as well. He's a little bit older, but I think Daniil Hunter would be a hell of a pickup as well. So there's a couple guys to pay attention to. But uh, thanks for the text. And again, it was great to see you and meet you at Allegiant Stadium. Up next, got a call from Raider Mitch in the 513. He's calling to talk about a few different subjects, including Josh McDaniel's press conference, Marcus Peters, and Jermaine Illuminor. Here's Raider Mitch in the 513. Q, how you doing, Q? This is Raider Mitch out of the 513. Just finished listening to McDaniel's press conference. And uh, I just want to say I heard you asking the question about the disconnect in the red zone. <clears throat> I really appreciate that, man. Uh, kudos to you. Kudos. And I'm getting a little tired, though, man. Every time that there's talk about the red zone production, which is terrible, uh, it's always the players. You know, he's always saying, you know, execution. You know, it's a lot of execution down there, but never about his play calling. So that's one thing I wanted to get off my chest. The other thing is I kind of noticed – Two things, man. You know, Marcus Peters, you know, I think they need to let him go <clears throat> at the end of the season, man. Uh, I think he's just kind of going through the motions, just wanted to get a paycheck. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty bad uh, that here we have uh, Merrick, the safety. He's had, what, two interceptions here in the last two games with a club on his hand. Uh, I mean, Marcus Peters has dropped, what, three they either go through his hands or he drops them like, like a day school. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Me and my wife were out there for the Steeler game, and it was crazy when he dropped that easy pick six. Uh, the other thing is a Luminor. You know, I'm with you, man. You know, you talked about Luminor all year, and he, he just shows me a real lackadaisical attitude too, man. He, he, he just 
the way he walks back to the huddle and just kind of moseys around. He's starting to remind me a little bit of Trent Brown. <laughs> so they they got to sure that up. I think Miller is still good on the other side. Um, but I, I just don't like, you know, how those two, man, it just kind of, you know, and you said all along, Illuminor is really not the answer, and I agree with you. So just wanted to get that out. You're doing a great job as usual, Q, and keep up the good work, and go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, Coach McDaniel said no disconnect, but talked about execution penalties. Uh, but like you mentioned, really nothing on the play calling. And that's that's my big thing, right? And we'll talk about the red zone tomorrow. I, I didn't play that soundbite on purpose because I want to be able to have one segment just for the red zone. Uh, and that'll be part of it. And also, Amber Theo Harris, who was on my radio show on Monday, she talked about the Ra- Raiders uh, in the red zone and the disconnect as well, and I thought she gave a hell of an answer. So uh, you'll hear all of that coming up in segment number two tomorrow's show. We'll talk about the red zone, and then we'll officially turn the page to the Chicago Bears coming up on Thursday. So I thought that that was you know, something that has to be talked about. One one out of six trips to the red zone, you get a, uh, you get a touchdown, is not going to win a lot of games. It'll beat the Packers. It'll beat, you know, the the Patriots, beat the Broncos. You're not going to beat the Lions. Might be able to beat the Bears that way. Not going to beat the Lions. Definitely not going to beat the Dolphins. Not going to beat the Chiefs. Not going to beat the Chargers, right? I mean, it's just simple as that. Teams like that, hell, the Jets. The Jets are going to be tough. You might be one for six in the red zone. Hell, you might not even get to the red zone six times against the Jets. Their defense is so strong. I I have a good feeling that the Raiders are going to lose that game against the Jets just off the strength of the Jets' defense. They are so opportunistic, and they make so many damn plays. Man, they are they are a tough out. The way the Raiders win that game, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the way they win that game, their defense makes some plays as well. And I hope that Zach Wilson really messes things up and you know turns the ball over a couple times. That's how the Raiders could win that game because that, that Jets defense, that is the real deal. That is the truth. As far as Marcus Peters goes, he's been frustrating so far. Right. He, he really has. Uh, there's no doubt that, you know, in my opinion, that he's a one year guy with the team. He's only got a one year deal anyway. But uh, I believe that he's a, a one and done guy with the silver and black. And, you know, honestly, if, if a young dude like a Jacorian Bennett and, and a couple other guys are able to step up, I wouldn't be surprised at some point in the season. You see him just kind of move on from him, especially if he doesn't have any production. You know, no ball production as far as takeaways yet. Uh, he had the pick six opportunity he didn't get. Uh, he's put a couple others on the ground. Uh, you know, his tackling is atrocious. You know, he doesn't want to tackle anyone. He, he does the old ole, right? Try to be like a, a bullfighter and try to get him from the side and kind of swing his arms. And that's just, it's just not very good. As far as Jermaine Illuminor, he is very chill. He is very chill. And there was times in training camp where he looked too chill for me. I was like, man, this dude's not with his crew. He's not with his linemen. Uh, he looks very disinterested. You know, he's just laid back and chill. Even when he walks through the locker room, man, he just kind of has this, or his shoulders are cocked back. He's just, it's, it's, he's, he's very, he's very chill. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he gets kicked inside maybe to guard and, and have uh, Thayer Mumford at the right tackle once they get comfortable with that. Something's got to happen at that at, on that offensive line on the right side. I don't believe Illuminor is the answer at right tackle. And, hell, Mumford might not be. He's got to prove that he is. But I, I think I like Mumford there more than I like Illuminor. That's for sure. So thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, I got a text from Cyrus in Jefferson City. Hey, Q. Great show, like always, and congrats on all your accomplishments. I would never wish anyone ill, but Jimmy is a habitual offender of interceptions and leading his receivers into traffic. How many receivers got to get injured 
because uh, he's not planning ahead. If he's hurt and out, I still think the rookie is our best option. He could throw it deep. If the O-line can give our receivers a little time, I think Jacobs will be able to break one open more because they'll have to respect the deep pass, which Jimmy is just not capable of. I was sure with the lackluster play calling after the one pass deep to trade would be our downfall and we'd give up the game. Thankfully, our defense stepped it up. These teams we are winning against have losing records, so not terribly high rated, but at least they're definitely improvement. Question for you, is play calling a quarterback the issue in which we'll get fixed first? Thanks again. You are my first listen of the day. That's uh, Cyrus in Jefferson City, and thanks for the text. I do appreciate you, and um, I think that the play calling is suspect because the offensive line and the quarterback play is not trusted right now, if that makes sense. Uh, I think that Josh McDaniels is calling the plays he feels confident in making that he thinks that the team could execute right now. He's not giving them anything that he doesn't think that they can do. And there's a lot of plays that I don't believe the offensive line is going to allow to develop. So they have a very limited playbook right now with what they can do. And again, this is just my feelings. This is how I think it's going. So to answer your question, I don't think it's exclusive to the quarterback and I don't think it's exclusive to the play calling. I think it's a combination of the both given the circumstances that they're given. I think Coach McDaniels only has so much trust in the offense and the offensive line and he's showing it with the play calling that he's doing and the lack of you know real good play calling that you know he's not doing obviously uh that we see each and every game so thank you so much for that text i do appreciate you i just got time for a couple more heavy d in western new york is calling to talk about philosophical differences in offensive approaches here he is heavy d in western new york q hey this is heavy d from western new york deep in bill's country looking at bill's flags right now as i drive to work um you know, I respect and love your show, but we do have philosophical differences. Uh, this whole dogged stubbornness to stick with the run when it is not working, I do not support, and it's why we're not scoring points. 25 rushes for 77 yards is lousy. Uh, throw the ball more. The better teams in the NFL throw the ball. But this is my biggest beef, my biggest complaint with Josh McDaniels. Gruden did it. McDaniels does it more. They get first and goal on, say, the seven, eight, nine yard line, and they run twice in a row. So they run, they get two yards, and then McDaniel says, hey, you know what? Let's try that again. Maybe get one or two yards closer for whatever reason. They are robbing themselves. They are forfeiting downs, precious downs, precious plays when they should be thinking, let's get six. The third time that they got down in the red zone and ran it three, ran it twice in a row for three yards total, and then relied on a third down play to try to get that touchdown. I was losing my mind. The better teams in the NFL throw the ball around. The better teams in the NFL are not afraid to chuck it. Those are the teams that score points. And when you're averaging 2.5 a carry, 3.1 a carry, you, you can be lopsided. By definition, you should be. If these plays are not successful, especially when you get down there first and goal, Josh McDaniels has got to try a play action and then throw one to the back of the end zone. He's got to do, he's got to score more points for us. You can beat the Patriots. You can beat uh, Green Bay with these lousy point totals, but we got better teams on the horizon and we're not going to beat any of them scoring 19 or less offensive points. So, Q and all you old school guys that say stick with the run, even when it's not working, I respectfully disagree. And I hope everyone out there in Raider Nation has a great day. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And actually, 
understand where you're coming from with the whole run game struggles. And to me, it's not about old school approach or any of that. It's this offense in general. This offense is not built to not have a run game. That's the thing. This offense is not going to go. It's not built. And the quarterbacks that the Raiders have aren't built to throw the ball 40 times around the yard. They're just not. That's not the approach that they wanted to have. Uh, you know, Jimmy G, when he was brought in, Jimmy G has never been a guy that throws the ball 35 times a game and wins a lot of games. He has to have a strong run game. He's got to have a good defense, preferably a strong defense to be able to win games. That's just not who he is. So if they don't have a run game and they're one dimensional, it's going to get that, that offense is going to get eaten up. And you're talking about do the play action pass. Guess what? You can't do the play action pass if you can't run the ball because everyone knows that that's just. You know, that's just kind of going through the motions, knowing that they really have nothing that resembles a run game. Some teams can get away with it without really exercising the run game and still using play action pass. The Raiders aren't one of them. So it's not really old school philosophicals. It's looking at the roster. It's looking at the quarterbacks. It's looking at the way that they're trying to run their offense. It has to have a balance. It can't be one dimensional. So, yeah, that'd be great to have, you know, a high wire offensive attack where they 45, 50 times throw the ball and, score 35, 40 points, that'd be great, right? To see what the Miami Dolphins are doing with that track team down there, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to see that in Allegiant Stadium. That's just not how this team is built. That's, that's the thing about it. They're not built to be that team. They're built to be a run, a run first team, and, you know, the, the pass comes off of the run. Heavy dose of Josh Jacobs and, and, you know, the quarterback get the ball to the receivers and let the receivers get yak yards. That's just how they're built. You mentioned Gruden's offense, guess what? built pretty much the same way, except for Gruden's offense was, was trying to uh, evolve into, you know, the deep shot offense as well. That's why they went out and got Henry Ruggs, and it was starting to work. We all know what happened with that. So thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And, yeah, it's all good, man, to, to, to call and have some philosophical differences. But that was the reason why uh, I believe that the run game has to be, uh, you know, has to get going for the silver and black. Finally, we'll close out with a text from Tim in Oregon. He says, hey, Q. This is Tim from Oregon. My friend Eric met you yesterday. I was hoping to be at the game with them, but it didn't work out. I have an observation from Sunday's game. Aside from the Dolphins, offenses across the league are really not that good. Defense is winning games. The plays being ran across the league are generic, in my opinion. The Raider defense is becoming solid at the right time. This team reminds me of the 2000 Ravens with Trent Dilfer. Generic offense, great defense. What do you think, Q? One Nation under Al. That's Tim in Oregon. Thanks for the text. And, yeah, uh, meeting, meeting Eric was cool. He actually uh, texted in earlier on the show, so that was really cool. Um, yeah, and, and offenses are, I mean, that's not wrong. Offenses around the league are down, which is kind of a surprise to me. Matter of fact, I got some notes over here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I had it from my radio show. Um, no, maybe I don't have it anymore. Dang it. I thought I did. I thought I had, uh, no, I'm looking at it right now. No, I thought I had it written down, but I don't. Nope, don't have it. Anyway, it was a stat that said that offenses are, are down around the league, right? And, and, and they're down by quite a bit. I just don't remember where I, where I put it. I wrote it down somewhere so I can have it. A little nugget that I like to call, and I can't find it. But you're not wrong. Um, now, I wouldn't say that the Raiders' defense is the 2,000 Ravens. Uh, I'm not, you know, not crazy like that. I do think it's the strength of the team right now, but it's not on that level. The 2,000 Ravens were different. They were special, right? But the offense is, is pretty lackluster right now. Not good at all. But I do have the, note, the latest note on this the defense. Hold on, I have that. Uh, the Raiders' defensive rankings going into Monday Night Football, 21.8 points per game allowed. That's 19th in the league. 315.5 yards per game allowed. That's 11th in the league. 5.1 yards per play allowed. That's 17th. Obviously, there's room to grow. But in my opinion, it is a, it is a big difference from what we've seen, what we've grown to know. 
from the Raiders defense. So thanks so much uh, for the text, Tim. It's great to uh, hear from you. It's great to hear from Eric as well. Heavy D in Western New York. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, my man Raider Mitch, also uh, Cyrus, oh, Mike in San Jose, and then Cyrus in Jefferson City. Thanks for uh, all the feedback, and we'll get more feedback coming up on the show tomorrow. Uh, and we'll officially turn the page to the uh, Chicago Bears coming up on Thursday. So, Raider Nation, thanks so much. Uh, we will get into red zone conversation tomorrow on the show as well. And, of course, we'll have news and notes. So, uh, until then, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. <laughs>